Welcome back to The Logical Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Lodge. Tonight is going to be John Takes on the Internet. We're going to see how this goes. This is going to be something new. We're going to be trying, treading some new water here. So the idea is going to be this. This is kind of the idea that we have. Uh, uh, The idea is going to be, I've got my computer here. We're going to start some chats So if you guys have any questions or comments or anything you want to talk about, we're going to open the floor first in the chat room. And then what we're going to do is we are going to open that up. If we get some good conversations going, we're going to open that up to the phone lines. And what we're going to do is I'm actually going to send you um, on Facebook Messenger, I'm going to send you a link. Uh, I'll, I'll send you the phone number to call in if we get into that. Uh, but first, welcome. Welcome back to the podcast. It's been a long time since I've done anything by myself, uh, so I'm hoping to do this tonight with you guys. I think that's going to be awesome. There's been a lot going on right now in the world. There's been a lot going on in the news. Uh, can I first say that this podcast is sponsored by GovernorBillLee.com? Uh, please, right now, stop what you're doing, open up another browser, and go to GovernorBillLee.com. That is what this podcast, Logical Podcast, is sponsored by that domain name right now. So I love it. I love that we are uh, getting into this together uh, because, listen, guys, this is just uh, this is what makes this beautiful. So Governor Lee, as you know, uh, is passing all kinds of legislation right now in the state of Tennessee, uh, and we seem to be pretty confused about what exactly is going on. And um, I've reached out to friends across all spectrums, and and I've I've kind of wanted to get their insight and get their input on on some of these laws and some of these things that are taking place. Um, they are, you know. They're, they're not, they're not the best, I guess, uh, so to speak, for our constitutional rights, and I think we're kind of blurring the lines right now as to what that means. Uh, so, one hand, I don't know if you guys know this or not, uh, but it is uh, illegal for us as Tennesseans to dress in certain clothing. Um, now, I know in your gut it may align to your moral uh integrity or or what have you but let me tell you right now you do not want the government telling you what clothes you can and cannot wear okay so this this isn't an lgbtq issue as much as the news and the media wants to make it that it has it's not that the law, I realize how the law is written. I realize the verbiage of the law is targeting the LGBTQ community. I'm not trying to like discount that whatsoever. But if you're on the right and you think this is a good idea, you have lost your mind. We are losing constitutional rights. When, when the state tells us what we can and cannot wear and we all roll over and think this is okay, guys, uh, I'm trying to think in history i'm trying to use like a historical example oh yeah uh my grandfather he fought this war he was in this war um it was in the 20th century dang what was it called world war ii that was it we fought world war ii so we didn't have to have laws like this right so we didn't have to have laws that told us what we we can have the freedom we're in america to express you don't have to agree with what people wear 
but if you can't agree that uh, the government doesn't need to tell us what to wear, you have lost your mind. So let's, if you're on the right, let's take the LGBTQ out of it, and let's just look, look at the fact that there are human beings in the state of Tennessee that are losing constitutional rights, and you're one of them. And if you say, well, I'd, I'd never wear a dress, it doesn't stop at what clothes you wear. That's not how any of this works. Okay, but the problem that I'm that I'm seeing in in the zeitgeist when I'm when I'm looking into this 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 cultural uh, when I'm when I'm peering over the edge uh, so to speak, the problem is we have two very different laws that both have to do with the LGBTQ community, uh, but both of them are very different in nature. One deals with children. One deals with adults. Um, so the one that deals with children is an entirely different issue. Um, it is, in my opinion, uh, a, a also a dangerous slippery slope whenever the state then takes control over our children and has the ability to do things that um, parents of those children may or may not agree with. And I know that's not how the verbiage of the law was, was written against, but I think that was kind of the spirit of the law, which they were trying to get towards. But in the same breath, they passed a law that restricted your constitutional rights. So anyways, again, um, this podcast, logical podcast is sponsored by governor bill Please open a browser right now. And visit GovernorBillLee.com. I'm going to see if I can maybe check my computer, see if we've got anything going on, see who's watching. Is anyone even watching this right now? We have a few people watching it. Oh, someone says they like the red jacket. That's awesome. So here's the deal about this red jacket. We got this at a, I got this at a, a, a thrift store. And I got this shirt also, ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party. Got that at a thrift store as well. But I wanted to dress up nice for you guys for when John takes on the internet because this is something new. This is something that I really wanted to do with this podcast because it's one thing for me to sit down and kind of speak my mind and and rant about world events or, or what have you. It's another thing to kind of interact with you guys. When I have a guest on, I don't really want to talk about politics. I don't really want to talk about religion unless that's where the conversation goes. I want to make it as genuine as possible, as authentic as possible. So I want to create an environment that's free so that um, two minds can meet and kind of have uh, a, a space so that my guests and I, we don't have to agree on literally anything, but we, the, the very fact that we have mutual respect for one another. So I don't necessarily get to jump into some of the things my solo podcasts in the past have been about. But a lot of things have been taking place. Um, you know, right now we're fighting a war, which is interesting to me that no one wants to believe that. Uh, so we're, we're in war. It's wartime, guys. Buckle up. I don't know if you know this or not. Uh, we're fighting a war with a dying empire. Um, and it's it's very interesting to me that this war is going hot pretty quickly. Um, we have an administration that promised, uh, I don't know, earlier. I'm trying to think of the timeline. I want to say last fall. They're, 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 
they promised that we wouldn't be sending some of the provisions that we're sending right now uh, over to Ukraine, and we're we're making this war hot. And I don't understand from a political perspective why that is a good idea, other than my brain wants to put on a aluminum hat, and I want to say, man, there's a lot of big money pushing for us to get involved in Ukraine and to up that ante. And I just don't buy the the, the Western um, propaganda that we're somehow freeing this country because that's not what we did and that's not what's historically accurate. Guys, again, I've spoken on this before, but just look it up. I mean, 2014, we put in CIA agents and we overturned a democratically elected government. And this is the fruits of that. So right now we have the second most corrupt country in Europe, which is Ukraine, right? Fighting the most corrupt country in Europe, which is Russia. But really it's not Russia and Ukraine that are fighting. It is Atlanticism. It is the Atlantic influence of NATO and its allies fighting this um, dying empire. And I got to say, man, if Russia put nukes on the border of Mexico, we would be invading Mexico. So I'm not justifying or saying that it's okay what Russia is doing right now. There's no winners in war, right? But my message has been clear from the beginning. Please stop the escalation. Back out. It's not our fight. It's not our fight, guys. It's not. We're not preserving borders in Ukraine that have shifted for centuries. This, this, it, this makes me so irritable. These are not sovereign borders that have been in place forever that are protecting groups of people that are, somehow have a, a common connection. This, is, this, this, this area of the world has been split and splintered, and these people have, have been uh, scattered in the wind over centuries and centuries and centuries. This is not the hill we need to die on, and we will, we absolutely will die on this hill, mark my words, if we continue the escalation. How do I know? Because the people that we're fighting, the Russians, that's what they have said. And I believe them because they've done everything so far in this conflict that they said they were going to do. Now, with that being said, um, I don't want my examination of U.S. involvement in this war to be taken unpatriotically. If you are in support of this war, I really want you to think about your own patriotism. And if this is something that is good for the people of the United States, is nuclear war good for the people of the United States? Is us um, influencing the, the, this, this uh, us bringing this sphere of influence in such a radical and pivotal way uh, to, to the, the front door of Russia? Is this something we really, really want, guys? Or is this something that is feeding something else that is not the democracy that we live in? So anyway, I'm rambling. I'm going to go. I said we're going to go to some chats. Let's take on some chats. Uh, let's see here. Um, so I've got a comment, man. It's, it's great. Uh, Ron Clement, dude, you're awesome. We're sending money to Ukraine 
uh, for their pensions and we have homeless people here. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that's a great point is we're, we're fighting. It's not just Ukraine. That's not the only proxy war that we're fighting. It, it's hard for us to actually know and keep track as American citizens what countries we are fighting because we use a lot a lot of technical verbiage when it comes to deployment of our troops and how they're being used so i mean the count could be anywhere from right now six to as much as nine different countries that we're involved in but the major one right now obviously is ukraine so i hearken back to dwight eisenhower's speech and i know it's very popular right now for these red-pilled idiots but uh, dude he he's his farewell speech if you pull it up on youtube and you watch it this this man this hero of world war ii my gosh guys he warns he lays this out he lays out the next 50 years and to a t of exactly what will happen unless we stop the machine that was started and guess what we didn't but it's not too late we can still stop it now and I agree, uh, Ron, you know, we're, we're, we need to take care of the people here at home. Now, the problem with taking care of homeless people, and again, I, I, don't, I don't want you to think that that's not an absolutely valid point, but the problem with taking care of homeless people here is it is a, like anything else, it's an industry. So we have capitalized, we have used our ability and our greed as human beings that we sometimes love to just accelerate uh but we have capitalized and used the homeless situation as a way to um make money so right now i'm not familiar with the current statistics but i mean if you look at the amount of money that some of these major homeless centers are the cities are spending on the homeless it's mirrors the money that we're spending on our U.S. prison systems. And, you know, you say to yourself, what's the correlation? Well, the correlation is when we privatize how we take care of those that are imprisoned or those that are homeless or those that are destitute, how we take care of those people is a reflection of our society. And the fact that we capitalize on that would be an argument for me that it's the U S government doesn't even need to spend that money on homeless people. They're going to, and, and Ron, I get what you're saying, but they're going to screw that up too. They're going to screw that up too, because they will make a bureaucratic, a bureaucratic machine, a multi-tentacled monster, um, just because, unfortunately, I, I feel as if the U.S. government has, like Dwight Eisenhower predicted, has, for the most part, been captured by lobbied large multinational corporations. And, you know, I, I, it sounds so conspiratorial, but it's not. These are This is the reality. And... For whatever reason, we want to believe that that's not reality. And I, and I think maybe it's because of how we consume information. I think maybe we're inundated with too much information. I think we have too much um, ways in which we can consume media. But I would argue that that's an intentional step that has always kind of been used 
to accelerate war machines. So war machines are nothing new. I mean, and essentially that's what we have been in the last 50 years. Conflicts, never-ending conflicts that, that are, are started under, you know, false flags later, you know, proven. I mean, we all remember Colin Powell standing before the Senate with Aunt Jama or uh, Betty Crocker yellow cake or whatever, and he's like, yeah, they got, you know, the Iraqis, they got the yellow cake, right? And then we fight this endless war and essentially uproot and kill, what, two, three million people, including our own? for some false flag so we can keep perpetuate this. I, I just, I don't understand it. Um, so Jessica Weatherford, she has a question for me. Jessica, what's your question? And this, this thing is, uh, this thing takes a minute to reload sometimes. Mike asks, what language is mostly spoken in Ukraine? I believe it's two languages. I believe their official language is Ukrainian, um, but uh, Russian is also spoken. It just, um, there's multiple languages obviously spoken in, in that region of the world because, again, it is a region of the world that is um, a center, geographical center, uh, so to speak, of bridging the uh, Western Europe with, with the East. Um, and it's always been a tumultuous area um, of the world because of that. Um, so, Ron Clement, in my opinion, our, our government is, is way too big and is getting bigger. How much is enough? Yeah. See, that was my whole issue with uh, the the red hat um, orange, orange man, Ron, was I, I liked the message in 2016 of draining the swamp. But the thing that the guy did was he made the swamp bigger. So it, 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 I, I completely understand populism. I completely understand, um, the, the message that this guy had and, and really he, he had a similar message to JFK. The message was he was going to, you know, shatter the establishment and we all kind of got behind that. Right. Um, but unfortunately, um, well, we know what happened to JFK and I think the same thing was I would speculate was probably said to Trump because what he said he was going to do, he did the opposite of those things. Um, he actually made our government bigger and he used a lot of double speak to kind of, and his administration used a lot of double speak when accused by conservatives, um, you know, Hey, you're actually ex making our government bigger. And, and that's when the, the Trump administration came up with these terminologies like rhino and things like this. And, and so really what they were doing was they were changing the idea. This is what populists always do. They were changing the core definition of ideas and that, that core definition of what it means to be a conservative. And so I think that that was the, I guess, powder keg, so to speak with his administration was we all kind of the 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 people that supported him um early on kind of got drug into that message of hey we're going to take back the the US you know we're going to drain the swamp we're going to get rid of the lobbying all this he just he it's just another arm of of the same thing and he proved that um and for whatever reason, people still hold on to that and that message. And, man, if you're still holding on to that message, just, I don't know, 
just read the bills that he passed. I don't know because the 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 thing the thing is about about when we're talking about Republicans and Democrats. You know, when the Republicans are in charge, they always blame the Democrats for the reasons why they can't get anything done, and then. Then when the Democrats are in charge, they always blame the Republicans for the reasons why they can't get anything done. And and I look at Republican-held cities, and I look at Democrat-held cities, and they never really do any of the things that they say they're going to do. Um, you know, I look at California, man. California, you know, it's, 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 you know, just Democrat all the way down the line. And the problems in California, whoo, you know, like who's, who's to blame? Who's to blame with, with these and again, it's what is the job of the state? Um, but it's interesting to me the paradigm shift of we went from neocons in the Bush administration to this this complete rejection of neoconservatism with the Ron Paul movement and back to that, that liberty-seeking conservatism. And I think Trump in 2016 really kind of spoke to those people um, radicalized a lot of those people with that message, but unfortunately for those people, did the exact opposite. And these are just provable facts. And if this upsets you and you think I'm against Trump and I'm a Biden supporter or something like that, you haven't been listening. And I'm sorry you're ma big, ma big, big mad that I got mad at that orange man or whatever, the guy that shaved Vince McMahon's head on WWE or whatever his name is. Anyways, let's take some more comments. Let's see what we have. Oh, um, I'm going to have to, man, again, y'all bear with me as I figure this out. We're doing all this in real time. So I'm just going to see what is going on. I'm going to reload these comments. What do you got, Kevin? Yeah. Does Michelle want to call in? I'm, it's hard for me to go back. I'm having an issue with it. Michelle can call in if she would like. Michelle, I can give you that number. Um, yeah, I'm having a hard time figuring all this out. Um, again, this is very, very new to us. Um, does the startup of 5G network and the startup of COVID-19 at the same time, does the frequency of 5G have something to do with COVID-19? So 5G shoots out of uh, my fingertips, and uh, uh, COVID-19 is actually in e-cigarettes. So that's a real thing. And those things rhyme for a reason, and I really want you to think about that. So great question about COVID-19 and um 5g hey you know the thing about 5g is um it sounds awesome i don't even know what it is like i don't even know what that means i have no idea i know it's better than 4g right and 4g is better than 3g i know that much right I, you want to buy a 5g phone that's all i know about technology and as far as the startup of covid19 that is dude that has been such a funny thing to me because when i saw all of this start to unravel in 2020 and, and, and I have records of all this. I, I just, I was like, man, none of this is making any sense. None of this is making sense from a, you know, from a scientific standpoint, from a logical standpoint, there were so many things that I had issues with, but the people that were like raising the alarms were insane. The people that were like, they were bringing this stuff up, John, they were the ones saying like, you know, Oh, China, you know, they blah, 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 blah. 
okay, but now it's coming out. The reality is the undeniable facts. I mean, I think, um, oh, I'm trying to think of the journalist from the post. Uh, I think his name is, um, Josh Rogan, I believe. And he wrote an very fascinating book um, and kind of busted all this open as far as the origins of COVID-19, which we kind of had a lot of whistleblowers in the scientific community, but that's not really how science works right now. And it's unfortunate. And so then we kind of went into this weird mysticism where we like worshiped science. It was weird. We, we had, it was almost like a religion. I mean, it still is for a lot of people, but we had like rituals, like we would wear certain things and we would, you know, do certain ritual acts. And we knew those rituals like weren't actually real and weren't actually helping, but we felt obligated to do it as like a, a, uh, a, a like some sort of communal signal. I don't know. It was, it was such a bizarre thing. The, the fear was the saddest part to me about the entire pandemic because there was a lot of older people and rightfully so they were afraid and just the the we couldn't understand the facts about the matter because it's coming to light that our very government was keeping those facts from us to somehow protect us because we're too stupid to understand it i don't i don't know i don't i don't, I don't get any of that but to even bring these things up you sound like a conspiracy theorist when every major news network is reporting on it but for whatever reason we get it. We get these. We get these. These narratives in our head, and it's it's hard to get them out. So, um, I don't know. Take a nap. See what you can do to get some of these out of your head. Uh, let's see here. Let's. You know, I what's <laughs> what's interesting to me, uh, and I'm I'm sorry, Michelle. I'm I'm having a hard time finding your question. I'm I'm I'll figure it out soon. Um, you can send it to me in Messenger privately, and I might be able to get it that way. I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, I'm, what's interesting to me is that COVID-19 kind of just um, – oh, Kevin's got it right here for me. Let's see here. Thanks, Kevin. So, so you asked, so do we just let Russia wipe the Ukrainian people off the map? So that's an interesting, that's an interesting way to look at that. So there's your question is loaded with presuppositions. Um, one of the presuppositions that you're, you're saying in this question is that there's two options, right? The options are we fight the war or we let Ukraine be blasted off the map. This false dichotomy this this dialectic that is being repeated on both sides of the war machine right um doesn't make for peace <laughs> so if the goal here is peace <laughs> then it is not to uh poke the bear so we've been poking the bear for a long time and the, the, the good thing is, Michelle, is that we have hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and years and years of Putin making speeches and talking and saying, warning, continuously saying these things. Stop the Western aggression. Stop the Western aggression. Stop putting NATO on our doorstep. 
stop, okay? Then we go into Ukraine and overturn their government, and then it's found out that we're responsible for it. So your question is loaded towards there's only two options, and I believe there's multiple options, and I don't believe that necessarily any of them might be good or bad. We don't know. But what I know is escalation is not an option. And to let Ukraine be wiped off the map, Putin's made it clear how we cannot do that. Um, but as far as being having Ukraine wiped off the map, okay. Yeah, terrible. Terrible that they would lose their sovereignty. What a horrible thing. But if it would keep them from dying or keep Russia from dying or keep us from going to nuclear war, it's not the first time Ukraine's lost its sovereignty. And I'm just speaking off the cuff. I want to say they got their independence, what, 92, something like that? I don't know. I mean, it's not a, it's not a that new of a country. I mean, I'm older than Ukraine. I know that. So I don't know why it's our job, why we think it's our job to escalate armed conflicts against the most loaded, powerful, uh, um, and ready to use, and said they are ready to use, uh, thermonuclear warheads. I mean, that are supersonic. So the Star Wars initiative and all, that, all those programs, as far as we know as the public, they don't work against what Russia has right now. So we're talking, you know, 20, 30, 40 seconds ICBMs at our doorstep. And if you don't think that they're willing to do that, they're, the, the, the culture itself right now is already on the decline. There's not a whole lot of Russians that are in a... Their population has been decreasing, I believe, for the last, I want to say, 22, 23 years, something like that, uh, a visible population decline. And again, dude, we can verify all this on the Internet. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is we've pushed them against a wall, and they are a bear, and they've proven throughout history, throughout history for hundreds of years that they are a bear, and they're willing to die. They are willing to die. If, if you don't believe Russia is willing to die, read about Stalingrad. Read about Stalingrad. And let's see if Russia is ready to push that button. I think they're going to if we keep on. I think they're going to dramatically change the landscape of the world because they're going to go out on their own terms. So we can let them go out on their terms and give them the, the small, the small concession of some of these territories that they're fighting over. And we can back NATO off their, you know, doorstep and we can stop, uh, you know, this insanity. Um, but, I don't think we're doing that. I think that uh, I think that we only have, like you said, we only have two options, right? We ramp it up or we lose Ukraine. Well, what does it mean to do either one of those things? If that's the only two options we have, let's just let's just go down that rabbit hole. Those are the only two options we have. Okay, let's logically think those through. Which one do you want? I'm for letting the country be. What did you say? However you put it, let it go off the map. Um, and it's sad. It's sad that we're there. Um, 
Bob Woodward is the name of the journalist. I was thinking Josh Rogan, and it was um, the name of the book was um, Chaos Under Heaven, Xi Jinping and Trump. I can't remember. It's been a it's been a couple years since I've read it. Um, it, it came out, I believe, in 2020, 2021, something like that. Um, but yeah, so right now, I mean, it, what's, what's interesting to me is, is we obviously want to know what's going on. We obviously want to gravitate and we want to say that, Hey, we have, we have the truth or we have a reliable source. Um, and unfortunately that's not the way the world works. That's not how information, that's how knowledge works. Um, now, to completely be a nihilist or, or to completely say that um, a, a cynic can say that we can't have knowledge or that it's going to be too indecipher, in, indecipherable for us, us to ever understand what's going on in the world, I think that's also not true. Social media, all these things, they're double-edged swords. All these technologies are double-edged swords. I mean, I've said it time and time again. Technology is not the enemy. It's how we use it. And um, right now, uh, it's being used against us and for the most part, it's being used against us. Now, don't, granted, there are great things technologically that are, are happening in our world. Obviously, this is the best time to ever be alive in the history of mankind. 2023 is amazing. So, and <laughs> even though th there's, there's more slavery in the world, even though there's, you know, the, the gap, the income gap, widens between the haves and the have-nots even though there's these wars that are carrying on i mean right now you get sick if you're in the right place you're doing pretty good um and you know a rising tide raises all boats or whatever i don't i don't know that that's necessarily the case um but i think 2023 is a good time to be alive but for us to be able to digest and understand media, for us to be able to digest and understand what's going on in the world around us, unfortunately, we have to roll up our sleeves and we can't have these five second blurps from somebody that's talking on the screen that is literally getting their information fed to them. They have done no investigative work. They've done no journalism. The people that you watch on Fox, MSNBC, CNN, none of these people are journalists. By, by the definition of journalist, this isn't conspiracy. This isn't a tin foil hat thing. This is what it is. So if you if you think your team is on one of those stations that I just named, guys, I hate to break it to you, you're being lied to. You're being led along. You're being strung along. There's a carrot being dangled in front of your face. So there are actual investigative journalists that are still out there that are still doing their job. You can read about what's going on with January 6 without this lens being put over your eyeballs you can read about what's going on in ukraine and russia without this lens being put on your eyeballs and it's not good none of these things that i mentioned are good um but instead when information is is used as a tool and when we are the product which seems to be the case right now with social media um man that's a dangerous combination that's a dangerous combination for our consciousness and and we we know the studies are there. We know the science is there. But my gosh, guys, like every one of us thinks that we're not, we're impervious. Every one of us thinks we're impervious to this type of psychological warfare that's all around us. We think that we are somehow special, that we can read the studies, that we can, that we can uh, understand the science and know how we're being influenced. But when we read those studies and we read these articles, we say, not me, buddy. 
I'm, I'm smarter than that. It's everybody else that's being influenced by the algorithms. It's everybody else that's being influenced by social media. It's everybody else that their thoughts are being captured, and, and that's the reason why that they are voting the way they vote or they think the way they think or they believe what they believe or they dress the way they want to dress. It's them, not me. No, it's, it's you, too. It's all of us. And the sooner we can all kind of understand that, the sooner we can kind of all understand that, yes, we are, our attention, our thought, our cognitive understanding is a product that is being sought after by a lot of people. And rightfully so. And it always has been. This is the nature of humanity, right? We just have tools now that are better at doing it. So I'm going to go back to some um, comments. Mom and dad can hear fine. Mom and dad. Oh, my gosh, you guys. Is, we got to go out to eat. I love them so much. Patrick Burns, I had to unhook from the KHAR. I don't know what a KHAR is, Patrick, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you I'm really offended the fact that you had to comment on here right now about your KHAR. I don't like it. I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now. And I hate to call you out like that, but um, you need to take that down or we're going to kick you off of here. You understand me? Actually, I'd like to talk to Patrick Burns if he wants to give us a call. That'd be great. The number is 911. Go ahead and call it. I dare you. Call it. I'll pick up. I promise. Lines are open, buddy. All right. Anyways, man, I love this, guys. I think this is something that we should be uh, that we should be doing more. Oh, you said car. Okay, that makes more sense. Sorry, I got so aggressive. I'll take all my comments back. Car makes a lot more sense than car har. Um, so my problem is, and I'm going to tell you guys right now, my problem is scrolling through the comments. I'm having a hard time being able to do that um, for whatever reason. I don't know why. Get us. Did you get a shot of my computer screen? You could see it. Oh, that's awesome. Next time you pull that up, I'm going to be doing solitaire, okay, while I'm talking. I'm going to – no, just kidding, guys. I, I really have no idea how to use these things. Um, Chad Howard had to come in here, try to fix the Internet. Kevin's been trying to fix the Internet. Ann's been trying to fix the Internet. Um, so, anyways, um, so, yeah, I'm going to try to – I'm going to try to – while I'm talking, I'm going to try to keep, like – glancing over at this um but i would like to open up the phone calls uh, you know i've been kind of ranting about ukraine kind of ranting about um our our information the way in which we we receive it um how to be vigilant to kind of um know what's real and what's not how to protect ourselves from misinformation how to not blindly trust the companies that are making money to keep you watching them like, do I have to spell that out? Like, Fox is a business that makes money. So they're going to want you to watch them. So they're going to say whatever it is they need to say to keep you watching them. So they're just, like, feeding you what you want to hear. Or CNN or whatever. It doesn't matter. Because they're a business. Right? Okay. Anyways. Oh, Patrick wants to know the number. All right, let's see here. Let me see if I can send you a met message, Patrick. You're gonna be our you're gonna be our guinea pig if that's all right. Oh my gosh, let's see here. 
it's it's it already told you the number. It's nine one one. Do it. Don't put it on the screen, Kevin. Then everyone's gonna know the number and everyone's gonna call. That's fine. No one's no one's watching this except for mom and dad. Hey mom, dad, love you guys so much. All right, let's see if this works. And again, we got to work all this stuff out. And man, I, Mike uh, Weatherford. By the way, I, I have to say this, Mike. Thank you again. I've, I've thanked you every single podcast. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to do this. I love doing this. This is such a new organic thing to to do this right now. The John takes on the internet. So, the the people that are bearing through and watching this, this is awesome. I'm glad that you're here. Uh, but March 21st, Mike Weatherford show, uh, 7 p.m. live. Uh, he's going to continue his his music in March. And uh, he's going to have Ryan Larkins on there. He's a singer-songwriter from Nashville. Mike actually showed me one of his videos. He is awesome. Um, I'm thinking about showing up in the studio Tuesday and meeting this guy, man. He is, he's, he's really cool, bringing my kids to, to see this because I think he's something. Um, so we're going to try our first live phone call, and we'll see if we can connect it in. Um, we're still waiting to see if this works. Um, is he connected? Hello, you're on the Logical Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan David Lodge. Who am I speaking with? I got, I got no audio. Hello, Patrick. Are you on? Guys, so we're going to... Hear me okay? Yes, now I can hear you. Yeah. Hey, you're live on the Logical Podcast. What's up, dude? What's your question? not coming through too good here. What's you know, that? I'm driving down I-24, so we're going to discuss road rage. That was, how's that? Road rage? Road rage. I got you. You're driving down I-24 as, you, as we speak on the podcast? Yes. And you have road rage. No, you, I don't. I was, I'm good. I was about to say, don't don't get road rage. It You're, does bother me though when people drive the power line. That lane is dedicated to passing. That's right. Or going a hundred miles an hour. That's what I tell my wife. Even. I mean, if you're going 100 miles an hour in the left lane, I feel like if someone's trying to pass you, they need to go around you on the right because that's how cool they are. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing you cut out. I, I, guys, tell me on the on the feed if you can hear what, what it is that he's saying because he's kind of cutting in and out. I don't know if it's your service, Patrick. I don't know if it's ours. Again, this is a new thing. We're going to try this over the internet. Let try something else here. Hold on. How's that? Oh, yeah. That's a lot better. Uh, it's yeah. still very low. I can't hear you. It's like you're whispering. It sounds like I'm whispering. Well, that's... That, I think good enough. It, yeah, I think that's... On, yeah, it's good enough. That's what I'm saying. I think that's on your end. Um. So, anyways, Patrick Burns. Aren't you like a... Uh, aren't you a county commissioner or something? What does that mean? As a county commissioner? Yeah, man? what do you do? Oh, I don't even want to talk about that. That's for politicians. Aren't you uh, a politician? People that like politics. You're a politician. Yeah. I heard, yeah, no, I see, I see you on, your name on huh. Facebook. I see your name on Facebook all the time. You're that guy on Facebook. Really? Yeah, you're that guy on Facebook. That's what I hear. Okay. 
Okay. Very polarized yeah. individual in the in the community. I don't know if you know this or not. You're a very polarized <laughs> guy. Nice try, buddy. Does <laughs> uh, all your uh, does the three people that are watching realize you're over at the house at least once or twice a week? Shh! Don't let them know. You can't let them know our alliance. It's the unholy alliance that we have. Listen. That's right. No. Uh, oh, I was supposed to think this was a good show, a little entertaining. No, I don't know you. You don't know me. <laughs> I told Mike, Mike uh, drove by earlier, and he was like, he's like, you ought to have someone call in. And I was like, I don't know, man. That, uh, I don't know, but I'm glad to hear from you, and I miss you, man. I need to come sit in your chair sometime. I've been busy. I've been busy working. You know, that's no fun. Well, you know, I've been doing the same thing. Uh, you know, I've been looking into uh, creating this hydrogen alternate fuel source. Not creating it, just revamping it a little bit. You know, unfortunately, uh, history's proven that anytime someone uh, tries to create something like this, somehow or another, they end up dead. You know what that? Okay, listen, this is a great conspiracy that I don't think very many people are aware of. So, um, conspiracies to me are, are, are like, um, you know, it's like you got to pick your flavor. But one of the conspiracies is, and I love that you bring this up, is that multiple people, I believe including Nikola Tesla, uh, invented hydrogen fuel to power, you know, cars or electricity or whatever, right? And then all of these people have mysteriously vanished, right? Is that, isn't that basically the conspiracy? Pretty much. But, you know, the main point I was going to make with this, just I'm, for whoever's listening out there, I've gotten wind that my mother-in-law is now trying to start making uh, some kind of alternate fuel source. So, <laughs> listen, I'm all about alternate fuel sources, but I think uh, I think I think nuclear power is pretty pretty awesome. You know, I mean, I think we got that down pretty good. I don't know why we don't use it more, but we don't. I mean, I think that's a pretty good really? alternative. You know. I think we should all have, like, nuclear reactors in our vehicles. That's what I'm saying. Like, at some point in time, we have to be well, able to get it smaller. I'm thinking more like hydrogen. Uh, you know, not hydrogen bomb, but you know, there's a magnitude of it, I guess. Do we have – I don't think we have Extremely hydrogen flammable. reactors. Do we? No, I don't think so. I don't think we fit that. I think we can splice but not split or split but not splice. I don't know. I forget. I get a mixed Pretty up. Pretty simple. Electrolysis. <laughs> yeah, super wire. simple. It's just electrolysis. <laughs> That's it. Separating its molecules. All right, guys. Patrick, thank you for calling in. I'm going to push you off the phone because I'm going to open up the phone lines to other listeners if anyone wants to call in. Thank you. Good. I'm glad I opened the doorways up for other people. Thank you for calling in, buddy. And I miss our conversations. We need to sit down in the chair and just, you know, go to it. You need to come up here. What What little I can hear you. It sounds great. I hope you do great tonight. Thanks, bud. Don't forget, I will, by the way, wipe your chin. My chin? All right. Yep. Take care now. Okay, bye, buddy. Bye. Yeah, so anyways, that went really good. That was pretty, that was pretty fun. Um, and that's, that's what I want to do, guys. I want to have more. I want to have interactions like this. Um, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about what this, what this podcast can be. I've been thinking a lot about what this podcast um, can maybe develop into. And I don't know, man, I just, I, I want it to be a place that we can uh, share ideas, that we can come in and together we can sit down. And I 
come across when I'm delivering these concepts a lot of times. Um, they're difficult sometimes for people to understand, and I get that. I've been told that a lot. Um, but what I like to do, and this has been kind of my MO since I remember, is I don't like to say, and it drives people crazy, I don't like to say necessarily like what I think about a subject. Instead, I like to just kind of throw a wrench into the works, right? I like to say some real genuine facts about a subject and then just let you decide what it is that you want to think or not think about that. And it makes people uncomfortable. Um, it makes me uncomfortable. Uh, when I subscribe to a belief system or a thought or a thought pattern or something like this along those lines, and I find out that, man, this is actually untenable. This is something that's not, you know, working. Uh, I get uncomfortable because that's pride. You know, we all have a little bit of pride in us. We all want to think that we're what we're doing or what we're thinking or what we're saying is the right thing. And uh, one way in which we can validate this is is by getting in on teams, right? And that seems to be where we're at right now. And this, um, it always brings me back kind of to the, centers me to where I'm focused in my life. And I love my anti-team team. We got a caller. Oh, I knew this was going to happen. Guys, the podfather himself is calling in. Hello, welcome to the Logical Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan David Lodge. Who am I speaking with? Is this Mike? We're still having issues with the audio. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. What's up, dude? What are you doing, Jonathan Lodge? Honestly, right now? Yes. I'm not wearing pants. Are you on the commode? I'm not wearing pants. Oh. I don't have to. It's I hot. I want to know something. Yeah. You didn't answer my question I put on there. I'm sorry. What was You're your question? You're wearing a red yeah. jacket yep. with a joystick on your head. What yeah. could go wrong? I, nothing. I mean, dude, I'm I'm dressed to the nine. You know what I'm saying? You like, are. Yeah. You're strapped with a nine. And I am strapped with a nine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm strapped Tell with a double stack nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What in the world is going on in Nashville that's got you so fired up? Tell me. Yeah, man, it's that this 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 thing that I was talking about earlier that's got me so fired up is that we have an issue of constitutional rights that is being um sidelined and um it's being captured for um the cause that's being attacked, which is LGBTQ, and that's fine, but I, this is not a cause that is, you're either for the LGBTQ or you're not. This is a cause that we all need to, as constitutional Americans, say, nope, you don't get to tell us what to wear. So what's fired me up is Governor Lee has passed a bill that has essentially made it illegal for men to wear women's clothing and women to wear men's clothing. Now, the verbiage is ambiguous um it will be challenged in courts but the fact that it made it as far as it did and that it is currently a law in tennessee i think back mike are kilts are kilts dresses uh that's debatable to who so you're mad because you can't put on your yellow sundress that i've seen you wear 
right? It's sequenced, but yes. Yeah, and you don't wear underwear, and you fan your legs. That's correct. You're mad about it. I'm mad that someone's telling me what I can and can't do <laughs> and how I can and can't right, dress. Let me fire you up on something else. Have you heard about the new gun law that's trying to go through? Where yep. anybody 18 years old and older can walk down the streets carrying assault weapons or shotguns? What do you think about that one? What do I think about someone being able to carry an assault rifle down the street? Yeah, if you're 18 year old, age or older without a permit, Tennessee's looking at that. What's your opinion on that one? Well, being someone that has a 9mm strapped to his side, uh, I mean, dude, I, I am... I have a lot of liberal tendencies, I'm told. I have a lot of liberal ideas, I'm told. Progressive ideas, I'm told. I'm going to ask you a two-pronged question. But, but this are gun rights, man. Are you a liberal or are you a conservative? I mean, when it comes to... No, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, man. You've, you got me... When it, comes to, when it comes to gun rights, man, I can't get any more conservative because in my mind, in, my, in how the Constitution was written... This is one of the few amendments that is unique in so much as it doesn't give the, the, the citizen a right to do something. It tells the government that it doesn't have a right to do something. Right? So That's the, exactly. The Bill of Rights are kind of right. It's called right. the Bill of Rights. Right. But you know, it doesn't I, give us rights is what I'm getting at. The Second Amendment does right. not give you a right. It, gives, it, no. it says that the government can never have that right, can never take that from you. In other words, that right is given to you somewhere else. And I know... My question is this to you. Sure. You know, there's not a bigger Second Amendment man than me. You're aware. You're great. Sure. You know, I've been chairman of NRA forever, but done yeah. a lot with NRA. Right. I have mixed feelings on that. You know, there's going to be people that's going to challenge that. You know, they're going to... What I was told, the reason why they're trying to make this gun law where anybody over 18 years old walk down the street with a shotgun or AR, whatever they want to walk, is what they're trying to do. And here's where I have questions. I, I want to ask your opinion, what I called you for. Uh, they said if if you and I was rabbit hunting and our car broke down and we walking down the street with our shotgun because we got $1,100 shotgun, we don't want to leave in the car. You follow me? Yeah. So we're walking back to get us some help with our car, and we had our shotgun shells in our pocket. They could get us and charge us with, with attempt to go armed. Yeah. Okay, but is there a problem with that? Is there is there a is, is there a a big big problem with people getting arrested walking down the street? No, I don't think so. Shotgun? No, I don't oh, think so. Out? No, I think... no, I don't think there is neither. No, but there on the other hand, I think that you ought to have the right if 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 you're sound minded and you hold down a job and you pay taxes and you do everything you're supposed to do. I don't have a problem with you having a fully automatic shot uh, a rifle. I don't have no problem with that at all. That's just me personally. What about them wearing a dress? What about a man wearing a dress? That's his own right. Okay. Yeah, but I'm you with know, you. So you I, I want to wear a dress and it, strap it, my it, AR to me. Have the right. Hey, I agree. We, but I ought to have the right if I don't want to see you in a dress to call you out for it. That's fine. I want uh, I want to wear right? my AR and, and 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 so you're asking me, are you liberal or, or, or conservative? And like, I want to wear yeah. my AR and wear my dress. Right. You know, people probably think this is a made-up call. It's not. You didn't know I was going to call you, did you? No, I don't. I, no, it's not a made-up call because uh, listen, Mike. Uh, it. So there is this. This. There, I believe what's happening in Nashville is reactionary. Okay, when I say that, I mean mm -hmm. I believe they're yes. they're react they're reacting to a a you know the, the knee jerk the woke the, the wokeism. 
the wokeism, right? Oh, we got to react. Right. We got to set these laws in place. But the laws that they're going to set in place, this is what I tell my conservative friends. If you're okay with these laws, just wait until the liberals get in charge. That happens. Been going on for 20 years. I, I know, years. but that's what the problem is. Do you understand what you know, I'm the saying? They're going to pass more restrictive line. laws. They draw a line in the sand. And, and 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 one group gets on one side of the line, and the other group goes on the other side of the line, and they point across the line hollering at each other how each other's wrong. Yeah. You know, you may be more of a libertarian now that I talk to you. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> so, I, you know, what what gets me is that I don't – if you, if you ask me if I'm a Democrat or Republican, I'm going to say I'm neither yeah. because I think they're both captured. I think both of those parties are captured. They're captured by dark money. Um, it's provable. Right. We can see. We can follow the money. We can see how. We can see the fact. Again, I'm going to bring up Trump. That we have a man who says he's going to do one thing and does another. He's not. This is nothing new to pol- to politics whatsoever. But I'm saying no. now, today, in today's time, because of the way the financing campaign financing works, we're not the 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 honest politicians, which I would say are the Ron the the, the Rand Pauls and the Bernie Sanders. These people that are on these extremes, they're kooks. They're kooks. <laughs> you might have a point. They're kooks. They're you know, insane. But, and going back to, you know, I'm, 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 I'm setting you up some questions for other people to ask you this online or call you in. Do you think that the COVID-19, you know, it's funny. You and I have never talked about this. You know, everybody thinks, oh, they, they work together. No, we don't. We no, are we all don't. separate. <laughs> yeah. well, it, it's strange, ain't it, how yeah. we don't really no, I don't, communicate yeah. with each other. Much. No. Uh-uh. And, uh. <laughs> do you think that COVID was made in a laboratory and escaped, or you think somebody was eating a bat over in China and and the bat wing had some funk in it? What do you think happened? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it doesn't really. Uh, again, this is kind of the 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 synthesis of what I was getting at is it doesn't matter what I think. What what are the facts? The facts are that it was made in a lab in, in the Wuhan. Uh, there you go. Yeah, it, I mean, these are the facts. These are the facts. Um, we have the genetic indicators. We have the white papers. We have the whistleblowers. We have the um, the uh, information, the transponent between China, between the United States. We have Peter Daszak. We have his correspondence, who is World uh, Eco uh, World Health Alliance uh, or Eco Health Alliance, um, who was also part of the team that said, "No, it's not in the lab." I mean, so I, I, now. I think a better question is, was it intentionally released? Now, there are certain Chinese defectors that are involved in the Wuhan Virology Lab that have said, yes, it was intentionally released by China. So you don't think somebody dropped and got on their shoe and tracked it through Walmart over in China? You think it was intentionally? Well, they, they are saying that. There are whistleblowers that are saying yeah. that. But, but either way, we know it was we were funding lab work to make back coronaviruses. Not according to future. Fauci, he said he, that we went not doing all that. Remember? Yeah, I, I remember that. I remember what they say. Again, what, what these people <laughs> say is not what they do and not aren't the facts, right? So I'm okay. not going to take what these people say. I'm going to let the rest of the people, once I ask you three little quick questions, and one more before I get off of it. <laughs> uh, uh, is Elvis really dead? Did he really die? Is Elvis really dead, or is he still alive? Dude, I saw him at the gas station the other day. 
I thought that's what you Yeah, said. man. Hey, keep up the good work, man. I'm proud of you. Hey, we really do need to have lunch sometime, for real. We need we to get need together to and have lunch I mean, and sit and talk. I'm and... telling y'all people that Jonathan and I do not talk about this show. I said, do what do what you want to yeah. do. I don't care. I don't tell them what to do. Yeah. You know, I said, hey, promote my show. That's all yeah. I ask you to do. That's it. <laughs> hey, I did. Did you hear me? I did. Yeah, March 21st, Mike Weatherford Show. You... Tune in 7 p.m. live. Yeah. Music in March continues with Ryan Larkins. That's all I want you to say. I don't think I ever asked you to do, right or wrong. <laughs> that's right. No, that's right. And that's thank it. you for the opportunity, right. God. Seriously. Hey, brother, keep doing what you're doing, and maybe one day you'll be wearing diamond rings as big as horse turds. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thanks, it Mike. Up, good to hear from you. Hey, I love y'all, man. Be good. <laughs> love you too, man. So I got another question here. Uh, so if she wants, if my wife wants to wear one of my shirts, can she be arrested? So again, the verbiage of the law reads it's 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 ambiguous, but essentially yes. Um, and this isn't new to the laws in the United States. There has been laws. Um, again, this podcast is sponsored by GovernorBillLee.com. Please go to it. Check it out. It will tell all about these laws um, that have been passed in the early part of the 20th century that restricted this. And essentially what they did was, I mean, it was targeting a certain group. And that's what we're doing right now. Uh, but like Mike said, and uh, and I fully believe this, I believe what's happening in Nashville is just reactionary. Um, there's there's no grand scheme or plan. That's the sad thing. It's, it's, it's reactionary um, against wokeism. And the thing about wokeism, guys, is that it's 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 there's nothing new under the sun. And and what you think it is, and what I think it is, and what Mike thinks it is, and what everyone it, we have this 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 ever changing definition of what that means. We just want to draw a line in the sand and say which side of wokeism are you on? Are you on? Are you woke? Are you not? Right. That's that's all we want out of that word. So it's become again almost meaningless it's almost lost its meaning um so unfortunately i think more of this is going to be happening in nashville we're going to be losing our constitutional rights under the under the guise of protecting um or conserving values that we have which obviously we don't our government obviously doesn't our people don't it's like it's it's ridiculous i don't know i don't know exactly what we're conserving um when when we're passing laws like this but i grew up in a household and i know my mom and dad are watching um i grew up in a household my dad is no no secret is very very much republican very very conservative but he always told me the liberals were going to be the ones that were going to take away our rights he always told me it was going to be the democrats that want to come after our constitutional rights and dad i know you're watching this but right now it's the conservatives that are doing that and um man that's scary because and we kind of talked about this last night over dinner. It's scary because, again, like, I'm, what happens when the liberals get in? Like, if if the conservatives are doing this, what happens when the liberals get in? They're going to use the same excuse. And the Obama administration used the same things that were passed in the Patriot Act to get the same dirty jobs done to keep that war machine going, right? So when he ran in 08, he was going to, you know, take back and repeal and all these things, right? It was the same step, the same marching orders. He was a great statesman, great order, did the same thing the Bush administration did. We roll. Oh, do we have inflation bust? Oh, yeah. Um, 
Patrick, you are the winner of Inflation Busters. Go to uh, GovernorBillLee.com to claim your prize for Inflation Busters. Congratulations, Patrick Burns. Kevin, I love that you you are finally a part of the audio. I hope others at home can hear you. I don't know if they can or not. Um, if, if they can. Oh, they can't hear you? So it's just like the voice of God in my ear. I think, I think uh, you should, you know, maybe not this podcast, maybe later. I know it's going to, I don't want to. You know, I think your ne- I think your voice needs to be heard, man. The voice in my head, right? You're the voice in my head, Kevin. Even when I don't have these headphones on, I just want to let you know. But I think, anyways, back to the state. I think uh, I think Nashville is just going to continue to do this. Um, we have a small group of people that are being very, very loud. They're very boisterous. Uh, this is the woke whatever crowd, and and really these people are angry. They're they're angry. They're reactionary too. They they just don't want what is what is the status quo that's what they don't want so they're literally trying anything else and i believe the same thing about change if you don't like something change it but you're paralyzed in fear what if i make the wrong decision you're making the wrong decision by not changing now so i think wokeism in in a sense is that um i don't think it's this grand conspiracy I think that the multi-tentacled corporations have latched onto it to sell iPhones and to sell shoes and things like that, but they don't care about the cause. If if you think Apple cares about LGBTQ rights, you have lost your ever-loving mind. They sell your data, and they sell you devices, and they have slaves make those devices, and they have slaves mine the minerals that are used to make those devices. And it's inescapable. This computer, this phone, I'm, it's all a part of the process. So Apple doesn't care. Samsung doesn't care. These companies don't care. And we've outsourced all of these things to other other countries. We don't make any of this stuff that we rely so heavily on. And we complain, oh, well, we outsourced this. Well, why did we outsource it? Well, because we could use slave labor in other countries. This is what we have done since Genesis, guys, since since start. We've capitalized on others. We've used the anguish and suffering of others to further our own agendas, to further our own realities, to bring about false realities into the world. One thing about the woke agenda that scares the absolute crap out of me is this transhumanism. And if you don't know what that big word is, look it up. But this idea that we are evolving into the next stage of humanity is absolutely wrong, absolutely dangerous, foundationally just uh, a nightmare. Um, but that we're somehow evolving into the next phase of humanity. And we are doing this through the technological guise of chat GPT and all this other nonsense. We're not going to change. We're not going to evolve. We're not, it's just, we're, we are human beings and this technology that we are creating, um, can be used for good and can be used for bad. But as far as like, you know, artificial intelligence and some of the dangers that we're kind of unfolding there, man, I don't know what to think about any of that because again, technology is a double-edged sword, but yikes. I mean, these algorithms, these, these AIs are already better at thinking about what I want than I am. 
And how many times have you opened up your phone and you're like, well, dadgum, I was just talking about cat litter, and here it is on my phone, cat litter. That's crazy. What a coincidence. It's not a coincidence, right? Or I'm shopping for this, and it just so happens. Yeah, no, 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 no. Now, why are you even shopping for this thing in the first place? How did that idea get put in your head in the first place, right? So it's a double-edged sword using these algorithms. Uh, and I, when we're using it purely to capitalize and to, to um, feed our own ambitions and desires, obviously it's not going to be used for good. There's no altruism there. Um, but right now, I think is a great example. We're using it for good. We're, we're using it to communicate, right? Um, Ron Clement says, uh, Bill Lee is a liberal running under a conservative label, said it for years. Ron Clement, I would say that about all the conservatives, unfortunately. Um, I would, I agree 100% that he's a liberal. In fact, I made an analogy between Kennedy and Trump because both were... Um, shattering the you know the status quo so to speak they were outsiders they had came from rich families um you know they slept around with a lot of women um they had beautiful wives that uh, completely upended the way business was done in the white house we have the round table right we get rid of all the lobbyists right so but again the reason why I'm bringing back Kennedy is, you know, Kennedy was a Democrat, but man, if you look at the platforms Kennedy ran on, I would vote for that dude in a heartbeat. He would be like a stone cold conservative now. So the, the, what I'm getting at Ron is the, the metric for what it means to be a conservative and what it means to be a liberal. It just keeps getting pushed farther and farther and farther and farther and farther left. So, so, um, so, so Ricky Watson, Ricky, by the way, I love you so much. And thank you for being a part of my life. Thank you for being such a good friend and a good person to me and my family. And I mean that sincerely and what you're doing for this community. I know you work really hard and you take a lot of flack for it, but you're doing great. Um, but your question is, do you think John Connor could save us? And I'm going to tell you right now. Yes. Yeah. I think he can. So I'm waiting for that. Uh, yeah, man, I think, you know, we, we are being pushed into this like metaverse alternate reality. It's just being shoved down our throats. And as human beings, we're just kind of like, ugh. and we tried this experiment over COVID and we all literally killed ourselves. We all got fat. We all like became depressed. I mean, it was just these this horrible thing of social isolation. And we said, oh, no, no, no. The technology, it can suffice for that um isolation right that that communal that that um social interaction technology right we can skype now we can whatever all these things all these different ways in which we can connect we can connect right but we found out that didn't actually do it that didn't actually scratch the human itch of interaction right and we know this with text messages. If you're married or have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever, you're going to know that you send a text message. Man, sometimes it's going to be misinterpreted because we're not communicating how we normally would communicate. And the same goes with online. The same goes with the metaverse. The same goes for digital replications of myself, man. I, Ricky, if you were here, I'd give you a hug, brother. And I know you'd hug me back. And it, it makes for a different interaction. If you were sitting here, we'd face-to-face, we, -face, we're going to be reading cues 
that we're processing in milliseconds um, from each other. And that makes for a better conversation where these lines that are drawn in the sand are kind of dissolved and we kind of see each other as human beings rather than see each other as, oh, well, he's a liberal, he's a Democrat, he checks this box, he believes this, he believes that, this, that, and the other, he watches Fox. And we start to, you know, categorize human beings. That's the problem I have with this idea of transhumanism. Because that means that some are going to be better than others. And I don't believe that. Um, that's my problem with believing in a completely materialistic world. Because that's going to believe that some human beings are better than others. If we've evolved from single-celled organisms or whatever have you, which is no more ridiculous than um, you know cre a creation story or no more ridiculous than the flying spaghetti monster. Um, but if we evolve from single-cell organisms, some... some some people are going to be more evolved than others. Do you see where this line of thought pattern follows? And this developed really strongly in the 18th century. This idea of transcending, right, the, the, the humanity of us, well, that's going to come now in a completely materialist world that we live in. That's going to come with certain people are better than others. And if you look at the idea of evolution, it coincides with the idea of biological racism. And that's kind of a revolting thing for a lot of people to think about, to think that the two are conceptually tied together, but they are. So the idea being that if we're evolved and we're evolving, then there's certain groups of people that are more evolved than others. There's certain groups of people that are better than others. Do you see the problem? Do you see the line of thinking? So even in the year 2023, we still have this mindset of the 18th century um, eugenics. I mean, essentially, that's where this leads. This leads to, well, if these people are less evolved than us, we need to get rid of them. And we that's the lesson of the 20th century, guys, that we learned throughout all of Latin America, that we learn throughout all of Europe, that we learn throughout the entire world. The lesson being that control does not work. We learn two lessons in the 20th century, right? We learn the lesson of communism and we learn the lesson of fascism. We learn that neither one of those things are tenable forms or systems of governance of human beings, right? We lost almost a billion people learning those two lessons. Almost a billion learning those two lessons. And, and most of them are Russians, by the way, which is insane to me. So for those of you that think that Putin won't go out in a fiery ball again, please understand Russian history. Understand these people are willing to die. Like, pure and simple. So anyways, I know that was a tangent. Um, so do you think that AI should be in charge of the nukes? Feelings could get in the way when it's time to launch. Uh, yeah, that's my biggest fear, man, is AR getting into the nuke or AI getting into the nukes. Um, right now, to be honest with you, John, uh, that's a huge fear of mine is nuclear retaliation on behalf of, of us. I don't know who has the football and I'm not trying to hate or, or, or you know, hate on 
our current administration. I know I picked on Trump a lot, but I guess it's time for, and I'm going to end this soon, but I guess it's time for me to pick on Biden a little bit. Um, Biden has ushered in a corporate technocracy. He's basically opened the doors, legally speaking, for corporations to run amok in our government. And they are doing this. And, I'm, 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 you know, when you mention Vanguard and BlackRock and some of these, you know, you're like, ooh, what a conspiracy theorist. But, dude, just look at the money. Um, Biden has opened the floodgates for the profiteering of the United States citizen. Um, again, this is, it's not just him. He's, this is, he's just following the marching orders, the, 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 the footsteps of those before him. Uh, but right now we have somebody that can be taken advantage of that, that isn't as strong minded as the previous presidents. And so that's why the floodgates under Biden's administration has been just insane. Um, as far as that corporate, the, the advancement of that corporate technocracy. Um, and so it worries me when someone like that is in control because I want to know, does, can he wake up in the middle of the night and still think he's a senator and rattle off some crazy stuff and call in the nukes? Like, who, can, does he have that capability? Like, because that, that scares me. This guy can't put together sentences. I mean, it's, it's scary to me that there's people in this world that still believe he's cognitive and still believe that he's capable of running our country. Um, not to say that the previous guy did a good job because he didn't not to say that the previous 10 guys did a good job, but I'm, I'm, this is insane that we have lines in the sand where people still are like, no, Biden's doing great. You know, he's, he's all there and this is ageism and you're just projecting and you're a, uh, no dude, just watch him talk. It's, it's insane. It's insane to think that this man has the codes. He's got the codes, guys. He's got the codes. He's going to respond. So in 40 seconds, when a, a, when a, a supersonic ICBM thermonuclear warhead hits Chicago after it's been launched, 40 seconds later, that's the dude? That's the guy that has the codes? Woo! Maybe we should give it to the AI, man. I don't know. Uh... Ooh, my dad, he wants to call in. Guys, I think we should take this call real quick um, because I have been, I have included him in the conversation and I think that would be unfair. Is that okay, Kevin? Voice in my head. Can we take one more phone call from my sweet, sweet father? I'm sending him the number right now. I think Kevin's left, actually. So, Oh, you already sent it to him? Bless. You're awesome. Did they hear that? Did, did Are you live? Can they hear you yet? Or have you worked up the confidence? Guys, Kevin is the best producer in the world. And let me tell you why. He just... You're still a voice in my head. Okay. Uh, Kevin's an awesome producer because um, he is the only person that comes in here sometimes. And it's just me and him. And so it, it's kind of interesting to have that feedback from somebody all you gotta do is when i tell you to just start talking okay okay so we got okay, we got them okay. online we got them live hey dad hey in your rain ranch what you forgot to include was the republicans are no longer republicans democrats are no longer democrats yes this is true oh yes this is true i agree they're they're no longer democrats um the democrats of of JFK's time, they fought and stood for different ideals. They they fought and stood for unions, um, for civil rights. Um, 
they uh, were nonviolent. Um, they wanted to bring unity. Their message was about uniting the common man. That was what the Democrats stood for. The Republicans stood for um, keeping our liberties and for not growing our government. And that was a big deal, right? We were singing the song, we, we sure could use a man like H Herbert Hoover again. I heard you sing that last night at, at dinner, mm -hmm. right? And we could because that was H Hoover's whole whole thing. His whole initiative was, man, we've got a the reason why all this is taking place, why the banks are failing, why we're, we're you know, we're being ushered into this depression is because the government has gotten too big. Well... I agree. I agree with that assessment. Um, but unfortunately, I don't know a way out. I don't know how to make conservatives conservatives again and liberals liberal again because I don't like either one of the groups as they stand. And so when Mike called in earlier and it's like, which one are you? I don't like either one of the groups right now. I don't identify with either one of them. Neither one of you them. That's not a way out. You have to vote the best of evil, the best of the, who you consider evil. You can't just take a passive. And so I don't like either one. That that doesn't work. But that's how we got Biden. And that's how we got Trump. I have no idea how we got Trump. I'm not happy. Uh, that's how we got Trump. We voted against Hillary. I'm going to tell you right now, I voted for Trump. I voted for Trump in 2016, not because I wanted him to win, but because, like you said, I wanted to vote against evil. I didn't want another Clinton I didn't want to hear that same song and dance. I didn't want those mm -hmm. fingers any deeper into our, um, in, into our country. And so I voted for Trump. That was the lesser of two evils. And look what happened. And so to... to well, I still, we'll talk about this privately. No, let's not. Let's talk about it here. What, what about Trump? What happened? What was so terrible? Well, one of the, there's, there's, again, expanding government. That was my biggest issue with Trump. So he funded or, or started the seventh branch of the military, which, as we all know, the military is a black hole for money. What goes into the Department of Defense is by, you know, by congressional understanding, black. It's black money. So when we're draining, when we're absolutely bleeding money, for him to start another government organization that we can then bleed more money into and not have any accountability. I mean, do they have lightsabers? Do they have X-Wings? What are we paying for? Why? I'm I mean, talking about Space Force. I'm talking about Space Force, the seventh branch mm -hmm. of our military. He started that. That is an ex and a gross expansion of our government. Um, he did great things. There's some good things that he did. I mean, he made it a felony to abuse animals. I think that's a pretty good thing. Um, he, there you go. he put aside several millions of acres in Alaska um, for conservation. I think that was a good thing. I think him destroying the lobbying, like the lobbyist, getting rid of the lobbyist was, I understand his intentions were good, but there was no forethought to that. And the consequences of that is what we're reaping right now in the Biden administration. It is open season for these corporations to just have unlimited access to politicians. And when they have unlimited access to politicians, those politicians are going to listen to that money. And that's been proven time and time again, unless they're crazy weirdos like Rand Paul or uh, Bernie Sanders. Well, I don't know if I call Rand Paul a crazy weirdo, but... Well, I mean, he's... 
as far right as you, he's as close to the old school conservative as you can get, and Bernie is as close to the old school liberal as you can get. I'll put it that way. No, Rand Paul's not a conservative. He's a a um, social, not a socialist. I can't think right now. I didn't think you were going to call me. Um, I didn't call you. You called me. They sent me the number. <laughs> you like it was my, horrible. You like my jacket, though? For real. Look at this shirt, too. I like this shirt. Thanks for calling I in. I think Dad. that'll wear to your cult church. This is... Okay, so we're gonna end. Uh, we're gonna drop that call. We got a troll. <laughs> go ahead and drop the call, Kevin. I will. <laughs> no, you don't go. I don't. Shouldn't say that. I love you, Dad. I love you too. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, guys, I I know we're going over. I'm keeping Kevin and Ann here. I could sit here for another freaking two hours and do this. So, can we do this again? Is, is everyone like this format to try this again? And I would even be willing to maybe ahead of time ask a few of my guests that are like friends of mine that are coming on if maybe they would want to be a part of this question and answer. So maybe we have a conversation and then you guys are a part of that and I can say, hey, let's go to the comments or something like that. I don't know, guys. I'm just trying to see what sticks, what works. Um, again, I appreciate the insight. I appreciate the interaction. I've wanted it so badly. I, I, I don't, I don't have notifications that come up on my phone. So this is the interaction that I have that I have with you guys is live right now. Um, so Mike Weatherford, I, I love you so much. The problems, this country, the problems in the country are not from all the elected people. Most problems come from the ones appointed that have been there for years and years. And he is absolutely 100% correct. And, and what Mike is getting at is there is a huge bureaucratic organism that is outside of the electorate cycle, right? That these people have positions he mentioned one of them earlier on the phone. Fauci has these positions, these appointed positions for years and years and years. In fact, they make up the bulk of our government. This is an organism that is going to self-perpetuate, right? It's going to want to keep itself alive. These people are human beings that have kids and children. And they want to have jobs, right? So the last thing they're going to want to do is get rid of their job. Their job is important, right? Just like your job, just like my job, right? That's how they look at it as human beings. But collectively, as a society, we've got to get together and we've got to say, okay, we've kind of we've kind of got to break this down and not have these people that aren't elected governing us, right? So FDA passing regulations or SEC or whatever the alphabet organization, they're passing regulations that govern us and they ha they're not elected. So Mike's right; it is a violation of our democracy. I don't know if that's where he's wanting to go, but it is a violation of our democracy to have these people impose regulations and rules on us without having to answer to the people that they impose rules and regulations on. Um, and when you think of lifelong bureaucrats, I really, really want you to think about the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Because, man, guys, they, they have done an A-plus job in the past. They're doing an A-plus job right now. And how they got started and the lifelong bureaucrat that started it is a wonderful story. And if you want a better story, you need to read about his secretary and what she did when he died with all of the information and all of the secrets that he kept on this great country. And maybe we'll talk about it next podcast. But anyways, I love you guys. Thank you for tuning into this. Peace.